Chemist Warehouse March catalogue sale on now. Find David off hot water 110 mil now only 39.99. This is in the red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Hey, welcome into In the Red, Ricardo Paul, Justin Marshall with you. Marshy, uh, you've had a day to digest the weekend, mate. Uh, what did you make of the Super Round in Melbourne? Yeah, good evening to you, Ricardo. Good evening to everybody joining us for In the Red this evening. Um, yeah, look, it was uh, quite a fascinating round, really. Uh, obviously, we had the, the, well, many would say probably upset result um, with the Blues getting knocked over uh, by the Brumbies, but in saying that, you, you get the feeling that this Brumbies side are going to be competitive against every team they come up against and are quite capable of beating most sides in this competition, which they clearly showed at the weekend. A uh, bit of a mandatory uh, run-through for the Crusaders, obviously after getting beaten in round one and then um, stacking a heap of points um, on uh, the Highlanders, the poor old Highlanders, uh, and then... Yeah, the other results sort of play out the way you'd expect them to, but they probably, I think, were a little bit tighter, some of the gains, than many were expecting. So, in general, um, it was quite an entertaining round. Yeah, a very entertaining round. I'll tell you, the, the thing I took away from it, and I know we talked a little bit about this yesterday on the Buddings Trade Rugby Run, but... The um, yeah, and and that conversation was around. We don't know how good the Crusaders really are because they've had a loss to the Chiefs and they've beat the Highlanders by what the Blues beat them by, basically, right? So we don't really know. But I tell you what did stand out to me was the difference having Harvey back at twelve made. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's such a quality player, David Harvey. Uh, he just offers the backline a bit bit more balance when he's in that twelve jersey. Uh, you know, as long as he's complimented. Um, in, the, in that midfield, and he doesn't have to do too much as a carrying. Um, you would have noticed, and even when he scored his try um, as well, Listifying Anuku got involved in the game a lot more, and uh, he scored his try, you know, one off the ruck, coming tight um, underneath the post there. So when Havili moves to 12, the dynamic of that back line just um, evolves a little bit, and, and Fying Anuku got involved more. Sibu Reese, he's always all over the place, you know, he... He, he gets off his wing. He, you know, he, he's sometimes pushing a halfback out of the way to get his hands on the ball. So he's a bit of a different style of player, but he's not really a, a straight hard carrier. So um, the reason that I make that point, and, and you don't want Havili doing too much carrying, even though he is a good carrier and he's quite deceptively um, a bit bigger than what many people think. He's tough, but you want him to be on his feet a lot more in the game because of the kicking option and the distribution and the vision he's got. And that's, that, that takes a bit of the pressure, isn't it ironic, this, the type of game that Richie Moonga had, that he had a much, much better game, but that's because he's got Harvey just taking a little bit of the kicking pressure, just taking a little bit of the game management um, off Richie so that he can function better. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, there was that try that Moanga scored as well, mate. Honestly, I mean, and I, mm. I know that's probably a bit like swearing on this show, but, geez, he, that, that wouldn't have looked out of place in the NRL this weekend, that, that try that Richard Moanga scored. No, it wouldn't do, would it? <laughs> and you're right. Um, you know, look, I, I, I certainly feel that, uh, you know, he, he certainly did have quite an average week the week before by his high-quality standards, and, and that is saying something because... He still played and, and, uh, the, the game, you know, the week before against the Chiefs to a reasonably high standard. But 
some players just expect more out, more out of. And um, I think by his own admission, he, he was a, a little off. Um, but that certainly wasn't the case. So he, like you mentioned that try, but I also think about um, the big breakout that he made as well um, early early in the game. Uh, he just looked a, a lot more composed and balanced. Now, look, you've got to got to also, and I know you have text messaged me and say to lay off the landers a little bit, so I'll do my best, Ricardo. But... <laughs> it's not, no, it's not in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, you, you've got it. You do have to sort of uh, look at the, the, the type of opposition that he was up against. Uh, he was given more time. The Highlanders' defence, um, you know, dropped off tackles. So, yeah, you're, only, you're always going to look better when you're up against a side that's not at the level of the team that you played the week before. You're always going to get a response from the Crusaders. And that that was, I think, without doubt. Um, and that's usually physical. Uh, they, they really, you know, they, they when they get beaten on their own patch, you can expect a physical response. Um, and they just dominated that game. Uh, but yeah, some key players, I think, came out of their shells a bit. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to see another one who you've mentioned actually was uh, Lester Fanganuku, uh, who, who had a very mm. good game. And you know, I uh, had a look. I mean, watched the game, and then also did a bit of reading and. Had a look at a few Crusaders fans talking online and saying, "Look, you know, uh, Fine Nook is better a better centre than Enor. We should put Enor back on the wing and have Fine Nook running around at centre." What do you think? Yeah, well, then you've got to try and find a spot for Jack Goodyear as well if you're going to persist with David Havili mm. um, in, in the midfield. And obviously, um, Goodyear getting injured, you really feel feel for him, don't you? Um, big time, um, man. That guy's just been through so many issues in the last couple of years. Um, so very disappointing for him. Um, I don't know. I haven't heard what the, 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 the sort of short or long-term prognosis is. Um, have you? I haven't, no. No, I just I just no. heard that it didn't look good is what I heard. Yeah, yeah, same. So that's a shame. Um, I tend to agree with those comments. I think uh, they, they, they really did have a lot more punch the Crusaders when firing a Nuku moved into centre sort of around around probably this time last year. <laughs> and uh, he, he really did thrive in that jersey. Uh, and then obviously when he got involved with the All Blacks, he sort of shifted back out to the wing. But, uh, you know, we know that the, everyone knows that Enor's a quality finisher. He's got good gas uh, and he's very well balanced. So he can uh, shift out um, a spot to the wing. So, yeah, look, if, if I was selecting the side uh, and with Goodhue being out, I would certainly be looking at, I think, starting uh, Lestifying the Nuku at centre. I, I believe that's where he can be best utilised in in that environment with the Crusaders. Mm, yeah, I mean, I guess you talk about moving Fine Nuku to centre as maybe a permanent shift, right? Um, yeah. Then And then put you, the comparisons are going to be with Rico Iwani. And there's a lot of people after the weekend, and I know the show's not about the Blues, but in terms of comparing apples for apples, there were a couple of times there where Rico Iwani had overlaps on the outside, decided to go himself, and the Blues didn't score. And they could have scored and they could have beaten the Brumbies. And people are now saying, I've seen a lot of chatter on social media saying, it's just proof that he's a winger and not a centre. I hope Ian Foster's watching this. Uh, what's your reaction to that? And, and do you think Fayanganuku uh, is better suited at centre and maybe transitions better that way? Look, firstly, in, in response to some of that criticism towards Rico Iwani, uh, look, I, I certainly feel that he has really grown into that 13 jersey with the Blues and the All Blacks. Haven't seen him make that many um, poor decisions in a game for a while. Uh, I felt that he's got a lot better uh, in his distribution. Um, I think he's 
starting to recognise when it is on to just catch and pass uh, all in one motion. And I've seen him do that enough to know that he's got it in his DNA. So to all the people out there that believe he can't play centre, I, I, would, I would argue the point that I feel that he can. Uh, look, uh, one, one game doesn't make a season. He certainly didn't have his greatest game in the jersey, and that happens. Um, but I still have seen enough there and seen it internationally as well against good opposition. Uh, you know, South Africa at Ellis Park, when they were when they were zeroing in in the centres and, and uh, a couple of times he just freed the space to Will Jordan um, on the outside uh, in particular. I just thought, yeah, that's good. You're starting to really learn how to deal with line speed, uh, and you're not just tucking it, <laughs> which ironically <laughs> he did at the weekend. So, look, every player has a day where they uh, should have passed and didn't. Should have kicked and didn't, and made and, and he's made a few errors and, and a couple of them crucial ones, um, and he's topping a bit of the blame uh, for for that. But uh, you know, I, I feel that there's there, there is an argument to say that that was just an off game for him and an off night, and we shouldn't be panicking. Um, but in terms of yeah, opportunities, uh, that that thirteen jersey has probably been occupied by Rico because nobody else has really uh, put their hand up and stood out since Jack Goodhue. Um, you know, has had his injury issues and, and Rico really grabbed it. So there is an opportunity there. And obviously also with Anton Leonard-Brown being out for somebody to step into that void. And it's just about what Ian Foster and, and his coaches want out of their centre. And uh, at the moment, it seems to be some of the attributes that Rico brings, his speed, his outside break. Uh, and then they've gravitated away from that power player, which Foyang Anuku is. But, man, he's got one hell of an offload, which is what I feel the All Blacks have been missing. Uh, the, 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 they are too predictable in the tackle. But when you've got a guy that can stand in the tackle, you know, Sonny Bill uh, type, type of player, and, and players can work off him, I just think that's where the All Black attack needs to go. And I, I don't think that's just in the centres. It's across the park. Um, I think some of our Lucy's need to develop that as well. And if we could get our front rowers also sort of um, getting weak shoulders and getting offloads away, once once you do that, the fences are on the back foot and they cannot come forward at you with line speed, which is where we've struggled in the past. So, yeah, in a long-winded way, mate, um, there is an opportunity there, I think, for Leicester Fying Anuku if he gets a nod for the Crusaders. You know, he could really push his chances for all-black inclusion in that jersey. Uh, we saw uh, also. We shouldn't just talk the backs. I know. I know. Uh, Carmo will be listening to this tearing his hair out because he only ever wants to talk about locks. Mm-hmm. Carmo, but uh, but I mean the, the the backs don't look that good if the forwards don't do their job right. And that forward pack was humming. Absolutely, it was. Uh, and you know, I think you know, some of the, the the real key ball carriers again stood up for the Crusaders. You know, it, it does help when you when you throw a 140 plus veteran. Um, all black and Crusaders locked back into the mix, who mm. just has a massive ticker and has just competitive juices flowing. You know, so having Sam White locked back, I think, uh, really helped. I, I certainly feel that some players don't don't often get the kudos when they're having good games, and it was very probably very easy just to sort of gloss over Scott Barrett's game. But I thought he was outstanding. I really did like some of his work at the cleanout. And that's what we don't tend to watch. We tend to look at ball. So when you're watching it on TV or even watching it live, people tend to focus on the ball, look for the ball. And then and then when the ball moves or is picked up or is passed on, then you, you, you shift your focus. 
But if you if you take your eye away from the ball and look at you know the, the key elements around that, like clean out, um, that that's just a job that is a job no one wants to do. But when you get somebody that's really good at it, like Scott Barrett, the whole rest of the team just prosper. And uh, I thought those are the little things that people don't see. I thought he was outstanding. Ethan Blackadder, man, that just guy, he just loves running hard. And, um, yeah, really, really interesting. Christy, I thought, was industrious. Um, front row was very good. Um, Moody, I think, at one stage carried the ball three three to four times in, in a sequence. So he's really starting to come into it as well. So you're right, yeah, the, the hard work up front laid the platform big time. I know it's a cliché. But it was true on the night. Now I know uh, that uh, Brody McAllister didn't. Uh, he came off the bench, but he didn't last that long. Do, have you heard anything about how how he is? Because uh, obviously Cody Taylor had to come back on for him. No, I haven't. Um, but you know, the Crusaders are starting to look a little thin in the hooker department. Should Brody uh, be be um, unavailable? So because I know the young the young boy Bell, um, he's he's out. I think for the season. So. Yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a blow for the Crusaders. Um, if McAllister is no good, um, certainly feel that uh, you can start seeing Cody Taylor getting some confidence back, which is good. Uh, I thought, you know, the first round game, um, he, he struggled a little bit, uh, but I certainly feel that, you know, he would have reviewed and looked at his game. And he would probably be slight, slightly annoyed uh, that, you know, a lot of the attention. Um, after that game against the Chiefs was given to that Chiefs forward pack and, and, and the guy that he was marking and the guy that's competing with him for an all-black jersey was one of the, the standout players in Tokiaho. So I think Cody Taylor needed to respond and did. But um, hopefully McAllister's not, not too bad because he'll have to start to be playing some big minutes Um if so, because they are they are looking very thin in that department. Mm, yeah, which uh, won't make the All Black selectors very happy at all. Uh, now we should we we should uh, Justin have a look at your Super uh, Rugby Pacific Player of the Week with DHL Super Rugby Pacific Super is back. Uh, who is your uh, Player of the Round for the Crusaders? Well, look, it's, it's really hard to go go past Richie Moonga. To be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I thought fighting back, as, I, as I've mentioned, uh, from a pretty average game and, and then just being the catalyst for, for all, all of the, the good things the Crusaders did in the game, not to mention some of the individual brilliance. Um, his, his kicking was very good as well. Uh, I, I just thought that, that, that's, that he looked like he was playing uh, like we used to see him play, with, with, little, with no fear, not not too much thinking about you know what happens if I do something and it goes wrong. Uh, he just went out there and completely dictated. I, I thought proceedings on the night, and um, he had a belter of a game. So yeah, Richie Moonga is my is my player of the round for the Crusaders. There you go, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific, uh, six games live again on Sky Sport this weekend. Now, what about overall for the for the round overall? Is there anybody else that stood out for you? Well, it was, a, it was a belter of a round, wasn't mm. it? Uh, to be perfectly honest, and you know, you you have to look at some of the players that are in form, um, you know, at the moment. And there's a few of them scattered around the Chiefs, like Damian McKenzie. Um, I must admit, I've only I only caught the highlights of the of the Blues game, so I didn't didn't see the game in its entirety. So because of that, it'd be a bit remiss of me to to try and pick a particular player out of that out of that Brumby side um, that that went so well. So. 
and, and in terms of that, you know, I, I think I did say, um, you know, Damien McKenzie to you yesterday, so I'm going to have to stick by my guns and say that I think he's in really, really good form. Isn't it great that we've got two guys duelling who uh, seem to be um, in, in great, uh, great nick at the moment in uh, Moanga and uh, Damien McKenzie. But I think I want to mention him, Ricardo, because I feel that uh, there, there needs to be some decisive uh, thought process in deciding where he gets picked, if he gets picked for the All Blacks. What jerseys? Is he going to be in there as a utility or is he good enough to fulfil that third, first five role. That, that, that's why I want to say, hey, he's doing the job at the moment and he is quite comfortably in the top three teams in the country right now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. I, it's funny, actually, because I asked Beaver about mm, just probably the week before the season kicked off. He said, Damien McKenzie's a 10, he's going to play at 10. Then I asked Carmo yeah. on the first Chiefs mana, and he said, they'll select him at 15, he's a better 15 than a 10. So you got a couple <laughs> of pretty big uh, named All Blacks there all saying uh, with different opinions on it, but that's all right. Uh, that's, that's what makes it interesting. It is 17 past seven here on In the Red on SENZ, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real fragrance, uh, house of fragrances. This is in the red chemist warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Bring it to you. And uh, Marshall Crusader's got to head to Fiji now. Um, and I don't know how much you saw of that Waratahs game, but uh, they were right in it for probably 50 minutes. In fact, I think they led uh, just mm. after half time as well. But uh, they, the, the Tars ended up blowing them away. Yeah, they did, but they were well in the game and never any any easy ask having to go to, to Fiji and play on, on their home patch. So what will be really interesting, Ricardo, you know, th- th- you would say that this is a game the Crusaders should win, not that they're not going to have to work hard to win it. Where, where does Scott Robertson sit in terms of his selections uh, for this particular game? He maybe looked at it at the start of the year and we, we're going to go bang, bang, uh, Chiefs and then Highlanders, two difficult games, and then we've got the Drua an opportunity to maybe let the squad breathe, uh, maybe let some players um, have some time off and uh, still put out a good side. But, you know, having lost that first one at home, it's kind of put them a bit, bit, bit on the back foot. So I'll be really interested to see what his thought process is and, and what sort of a side he selects for this game. It will be interesting. I know that you're not a fan, and generally he doesn't do it either. To, I think maybe it was uh, needs must, but you're not a fan of playing guys out of position, right? But we saw Fergus Burke is a 10, play 15 on the weekend mm. uh, against the Highlanders. And he, and he went pretty well, I've got to say. Um, do you think you're going to see a repeat of that? And what I don't get is you got a 15 in the squad in Shea Fihaki, didn't play. Is that down to his kicking game versus Burke's kicking game? What do you think? Yeah, they they seem reluctant to give Shea Fihaki a go, don't they? And I wonder whether or not this is the type of game. But, you know, he's, he's still quite green and... You go somewhere like Fiji, and we saw, um, you know, what they can play like over there, the Drua, uh, and they are a dangerous, dangerous side. And if you, if you get things wrong out the back uh, and don't get your territory right and make good decisions, um, you can find yourself getting ambushed and brought into a, a real helter-skelter style of game, which the Crusaders won't be wanting to do. So isn't it interesting that, that they've now got a little bit of a problem in a position that you would have thought they had a massive amount of depth. Hmm. Uh, but you take one guy out of the mix and Will Jordan, um, 
you, you find that David Harvey, who can play there and play there very well, and he can probably play there for the All Blacks, but yet your your backline is better suited to him being at twelve. Uh, now, now you're trying to sort of find an answer for that jersey. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a really interesting one uh, to to see where, where they're going to go because they need to try and get some consistency in that jersey. You know, like communication is key in 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 that fullback berth. You're looking after that back three. You're looking at counterattack uh, defensively. You need a good communicator. Uh, I don't really. I'm scratching my head. They, they, they do have Macca Springer there, mm. um, but again, that's that's a green player uh, in a really tough competition. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, uh, and a really tough position. And I guess the other question is now that Goodhue's out. If you do decide, hey, I need to give these uh, you know these All Black players a rest, and this might be a game I do it. Who do you play at twelve if Harvey doesn't play there and Josh Good, uh, Jack Goodhue's not there? Yeah, it's a very yeah. Again, it's a it's a bit of a problem for the Crusaders that they've now started to look slightly thin in the midfield. Uh, so they're going to going to have to try and find um, a few answers. I, I don't think playing Fergus Burke there would would be that answer. So you know, at twelve, I mean, um, yeah, it, it it really does throw into the mix how they get the best balance for that backline. You know, um, they, they they wouldn't they wouldn't I think get. Uh, have the ability to select select firing a nuku there. I think that's too close in for him. Uh, Enor can play twelve. Um, you know, so if you need to rest Harvey or you feel that he needs to play fullback, it would be worth trying Enor uh, at twelve. I think um, and seeing and seeing how that plays out, and maybe the Enor firing a nuku combination is not such a bad option. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's an interesting one, actually. That's uh, that's going to be mm. uh, key to see what um, Razor does. Of course, Razor wasn't at the game on the weekend because uh, he's had family bereavement. Uh, is, is he going to head to Fiji? Do you know? And and more importantly, are you heading to Fiji? <laughs> well, I wish I was, Ricardo. <laughs> believe me. Um, I, I believe uh, that the funeral's on Wednesday for for Razor. So. Uh, the team probably won't travel before then, um, but obviously he's supporting his family at the moment um, and, and his wife Jane. So that's first, first and foremost for him at, the, at this um, at this stage. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but I thought Scott Henson did a really good job slipping mm-hmm. into the into the shoes of Razor for the weekend. Uh, he's been around the team long enough that he knows the processes. So uh, should Razor not make the trip because it's still a bit early, um, I'm sure Scott Henson will do a good job. Um, an answer to your question, Ricardo, as much as I'd love. To be going to Fiji. Uh, no, Sky has not got uh, the rights to, to cover those games. They're being done by a sort of uh, a splinter group um, outside of uh, Sen. So, so uh, yeah, well, I'll be sitting in a bar watching it somewhere. Um, I'm heading to Wellington for the weekend, not Fiji. And Wellington does not have the same beaches as what <laughs> Fiji does. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Boy, there's an understatement. There's an understatement, Marshy. Yeah. Oh, no, I just thought, you know, with, with Scott Hansen sitting in, in, in Scott Robertson's chair, then somebody else has to move. And then eventually somebody, the guy that runs the water is going to move up and they're going to need somebody to run the water, Marshy. I thought you might might have got on that ticket. i tell you what, mate, to get out to Fiji, I'd be volunteering to do absolutely anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if this is going out into that Crusaders community and there is a spot for me to do something... I'll jump at it big time. Uh, there we go. All right, Marshy, the latest member of the uh, Crusaders coaching lineup. I love it. Love it. Good stuff, Marshy. Go well, brother. That's been in the red, and uh, we'll see you on 
uh, the rugby run with Bunning Straight on Sunday, eh? You will, for what is another interesting round. Looking forward to this weekend. Super Rugby's on fire. It is on fire, mate. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall, Ricardo Ball. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the uh, the real house of fragrances.